Hi everyone, welcome to Identify Yourself, the podcast in which we investigate what makes up our cultural identities in an increasingly diverse and connected society. My name is Clancy Ryan and this is part two of our episode about dual heritage. Hey guys, so you remember last episode how we had an amazing chat about the experience of having dual heritage and what it's like to be mixed race? Well, we had so much content from that episode that we decided to split it in two and make two episodes. So here we go. This is part two with Melissa Lowe, Esme Laudat and Sienna Kelly. Hope you enjoy. Do you find people are often asking you about your heritage? Does it come up a lot? Do people see you and go, So where are you actually from? Yeah. Love that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, for me, for a long time, I feel like it is changing. And I also don't know if it's because... We're, we work in a very like, liberal kind of yeah. place with people, mm-hmm. so I don't know about the rest of the world and everything. But um, I feel like it used to be one of the first like three questions someone would ask about me. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what's your name? Where are you from? Mm-hmm. So there was a funny story with a, a white guy mm-hmm. that I was, was working with. Yeah. And he asked me where I'm from. And I just, because I was so used to it, went, I'm half Jamaican, half English. And he went... <laughs> What the fuck? Wait, where do you live? Wow. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh right, oh okay, I live in Tottenham. And he was like, what? Why did you say that? And I was like, that's normally that's usually like what, usually what people yeah. mean. And he was like, oh really, man? That's really bad. But it was so funny that like he that's, said that was my initial reaction. He was yeah. like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> great. I didn't ask your life story. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> down here. Um, I always assume that people mean where I'm from because of my accent, because no one uh, can ever place it. I don't know. Well, yeah, like, because people will assume that I'm northern because I say bath and dance and glass, but yeah. then they'll be like, oh, but you know, you sound like you're kind of from here, and then you have some weird, like, lilty yeah. things because I live with an Australian. So, like, my accent <laughs> my accent is just, like, all over the place. So I think people, when I, if people ask me that, I kind of will be assuming that for yeah. the most part. It's funny asking me what my ethnicity is. It's but. also changed, though, from where... It used to be, what are you? Do you? It used to be, what are you? Mm. Not, where are you from? It's, yeah. ch- it's gone PC now to, where are you from? Mm. And now people will be like, what's your heritage? Yeah. yeah. But it used to be, like, uh, when you was at school, it was just like, what are you? When I was at school, like most people were of an ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So that question wouldn't be asked to me by white people. And my experience... Mm completely turned on its head when I went away to like college and then uni mm-hmm. because I was like I'd never been surrounded by so many white people before mm-hmm. so from it being like someone genuinely who was similar to you being like I oh, said so like where's your family from then like and it's like just like yeah. a genuine question mm-hmm. to be yeah. like oh I'm half done thinking and they'll be like oh I'm like half yeah. like do you know what I mean so it wouldn't be that would that's a different kind so, of question. Mm. I had a similar secondary school experience, so it wasn't so much about my colour, but I went to an international school. So the assumption is that everyone is from a place that is, is different there. to where yeah. you're where you're yeah, living. Right now, yeah. So you're definitely from somewhere else. So it wasn't so much a question based on your colour, but mm. it was like yeah. a circumstantial thing. So the first thing you did ask someone was like, Hi, what's your name? Where are you from? Yeah. Because yeah. that was what made you interesting, because like, you know, you, so you'd have your friend Christina from Russia or yeah. Sally from Sweden, you know, so that would be the thing and it wasn't like a rude thing But then I think my parents started getting conscious of like because that was like my default thing when I made new yeah. friends Like to ask them that I think people started and as as I got older I was like, oh, is that, is that appropriate to ask? But in my world it is. 
So you grew up in a very like you were surrounded by a lot of black people in your school, weren't you? Yeah. My school was still very diverse, but it wasn't diverse in that there was lots and lots of black people. It was mainly Mediterraneans, and then it was like um, mixed mixed race and black and Indian and stuff like that. I think I think like just fully just English white people were in the minority. Yeah. Um. And yeah, so when people were asking where are you from in my school, it wasn't never felt loaded, never felt like anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. It was when I was in like situations where it was like a when I was in the minority, people would ask me, "What are you?" Yeah, that's when it'd be like Meh. human. But yeah, <laughs> I'm a human being. Um, but um, is dickhead a race? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no. At, at school, it was at school it was different. Yeah, definitely different. And like them moving away from that environment, yeah. being put in a different environment, and then you are like, this question isn't the same anymore. Like when somebody is asking me, oh, what are you? Mm. Or where are you from? It's not, and if I say, oh, Ilford, they'll be like, no, 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 where are you actually from? Yeah, yeah the where are you actually, actually from, from yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, that definitely got that. Mm. Yeah, we, we, I had this conversation in so my last podcast. I had this conversation with um, um, Ronnie. a friend, Ronnie. He's from Stoke on Trent, but his both his parents are Cantonese, mm-hmm. so he looks Chinese. Yeah, um, and he was saying he doesn't mind the question, "What's your heritage?" or like, yeah. "What's your ethnicity?" He's like, "That's fair. Like, I look different, so that's going to be a question." But it's like, "Where are you from?" He's like, "I'm from Stoke. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I am so from Stoke. Like, yeah. my voice and my mannerisms and." He's like, you know, he, he talked about sitting in a taxi and the taxi driver only having spoke to him, thinking he was a lad from Stoke, which he is, but turning around and going, oh, Shut you're up. not what I expected. Mm. Ha! Yeah. So, like, well, what did you expect? I'm a man from Stoke. I just happen to have two Cantonese parents. Mm. Like, yeah. so that's, yeah. So he was like, I, he was like, public service announcement, I don't mind it being asked. This way, yeah, just not where it you is, actually yeah. yeah, I think it. I think it's a. I think it's the way in which. So, yeah. what's your heritage? I yeah. think is the appropriate. Because where yeah, are you actually from? Is implying that you don't. No, I don't. Know. Know. I don't yeah. actually, like, I'm not actually yeah. from here. Like I yeah. am actually from here. Precisely. Yeah. Like I'm born and bred East London. That yeah. Is, like. That's where I'm actually from. Yeah. And I feel like. British, like I'm like. I'm yeah, no, I am British, and like yeah. my parents are British, like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying. This is leading on to the next yeah. one. Yeah. Have you had any struggles to define yourself as a result of having dual heritage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in like a big way, but um, yeah, I used to get things because I was not the stereotype that they thought I would be because of what I looked like. Mm. Um, so I used to get a lot of um. You're well spoken for a black girl. This is what I mean by casual. Yeah. Racism, like this thing. That's this what I. Is... To now I'm not. That's not even casual racism. That's just like full on racism. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. You're well spoken for a black girl. People when I told them I did dance, people would assume it would be really? like hip hop and stuff. Yeah. I was like loving like MGM musicals. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but I'd have to keep it all a secret. Like it wasn't something I would share with people at my school. Oh, that's interesting. Um. Um. Why? Because it defied what other people would assume. Yeah, it would be it like. wasn't what was like accepted in a brown person to be 
well spoken and not, like doesn't do hip hop or like commercial dancing. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was really confusing because I, when I was in secondary school, I for like a year was like really into indie music, like indie rock music. Oh, and I also had like an emo phase as well. Which is, <laughs> which is wow. really like I can't imagine you going through an emo phase. Yeah, it was not cute. It didn't last long. But like, but like I was just doing that thing of like I'm exploring myself. I'm like, what do I like? What am I? Who's my? What's my tribe? Yeah. And um, I I never saw people like me on on in the media or in music or anything like that that weren't like ghetto or basically just ghetto like that's it yeah. and they were ghetto or they were from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Cosby Show that's it um, so I always felt confused so I was always a bit like I don't I'm not like the what I don't act or at all like what I see everywhere else mm-hmm. and I didn't really feel like there were mixed race people in my school and I was friends with them but I still was like we're not like the same somehow. I was like, why do I still not fit, feel like I even fit in with my mixed race friends? Do you feel now like you you meet mixed race people who you do fit in with, or yeah. is it just like the same as? I guess, but I guess it's just people are people, aren't they? So yeah. do, do you feel like yeah there are other but things the, that define people you're yeah. friends with that mean you're drawn to that tribe more? Yeah, I definitely like feel mixed race like that to me is like my identity like i wouldn't really like dual heritage is very like posh (laughs) like not posh like it's the newest pc term yeah Mm -hmm. and i grew up a whole life with the term mixed race yeah so mixed race feels right for me yeah and i really do feel like i am a mix of two different cultures like I don't feel closer to my white side or my Jama- don't feel closer to my English side or my Jamaican side. Like I really do feel like I am a mix of everything, and I only started to feel like that when I started to go towards my black culture more. Like, yeah. So when I was going through the indie like emo thing, it was all white people, and so I had a really long time of wanting to look like a white person and like. Didn't I hated all my black features? I hated like I wanted long straight hair. Mm. I didn't like my nose. I didn't like my lips. Or I just I wanted to be like Alexa Chung, and I don't like I can be farther from Alexa Chung. And it wasn't until I don't know. Oh, Tumblr. Tumblr was a big thing for me when I was about 15, 16. Because this was like I don't really use social media, but this is when social media is positive. And that you can control your media. Mm. And I started to find black and brown girls that were creative and, and you know, into nerdy stuff. I was super into Doctor Who. I was super into, like, mm. I used to, to want to be an author. I'd be reading. I was a massive bookworm. Like, these are all things that, like, <clears throat> when people look at you, they don't assume. No. When people look at me, or any of us, mm-hmm. I, they don't assume... Like this girl's a massive Doctor Who fan, yeah. <laughs> like, um, or she reads books all the time. Yeah. Um, well, maybe now they do, but like not especially when I was a teenager, definitely not. But um, uh, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, so with Tumblr, yeah, I could find, I could, I found people, and I also found, like, um, 
models and stuff who were of colour. There was no, not really, besides Naomi Campbell. And Tyra Banks. And Tyra Banks. Like, there wasn't anyone. Like, mm. that's where that comment, like, pretty for a black girl, all that kind of yeah. stuff. You know, I mean, there wasn't anyone. Mm. So, and then I found all these gorgeous people yeah. because they were making their own stuff and putting their own photos of themselves <coughs> up and da da And I found this world that I was like, oh, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm this. Like, this feels like right here. And like, even just the aesthetic, I'm like, this feels. I feel like that this is a, a, a blackness that I haven't seen before. Now it's kind of everywhere. Mm. That's but even like, the other day, the, the woman's Instagram who you found. Oh, I mean, yes. What's like her hair like? Yes, because I want to get my hair cut. Um, and I mean, I, my hair used to be shorter than what it is. And I was like, you know, it's always best to go with a picture of something that you're like, mm. okay, I want it close to, close to this and that. Yeah, and I found, uh, you know, a picture of this like, well, model that was yeah. similar. When like, I used to go to hair shops, we would go with a picture. All I could have was like, Beyonce. And I had yeah, Denise. this is the thing. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, can you make me look like Beyonce? Please. <laughs> Please. Please. <laughs> and then after the cut, I'm like, why do I still look like this? comfortable in my mixed raceness mm-hmm. because I've had to make an effort to be comfortable in my blackness because my blackness wasn't what people kind of wanted from me as well mm. yeah do you know what I mean yeah I totally people wanted me to be able to rap and riff for them and to know all of the latest like albums and all that kind of stuff they wanted me to be a certain thing and I felt pressure because of that and I also felt like oh I'm not Uh, like I felt like a massive fraud I'd felt like I I think that's why I I started to move edge towards my white side and actually it wasn't until I went to sixth form when Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by white people Mm -hmm. I was actually like no I'm not this and also I didn't realize what a privilege it was for me to have gone to primary school and secondary school that was so diverse Mm -hmm. that I was like where is everyone else? Like, where is everyone? And then, then I had to do my own, like, on my own, kind of, it just started to, like, you know, from the internet, I started to find out all those microaggressions, and I found out, the internet was a big, a really big help for me. Yeah, I very much relate to what you were saying, just in terms of, like, I am very grateful for the upbringing that I had, because I think it forced me to have to forage for the information, and forage for, I think I had to do like an identity search before. Literally. Like, I feel like a lot of my friends who are like graduating university now are now only starting to mm-hmm. be like, yeah. what, I don't know what I want in my yeah. life. Like, what am I? Who am I? And I feel like Where I have to sit? do Where's that at like 12. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, why don't I like it? What everyone thinks I'm going to be mm-hmm. like and expects me and wants me to be like, I don't understand. Yeah. And it's a constantly evolving thing as well. We were yeah. actually having this conversation before. You know, yeah. you interact with the world on a very, di- you know, very differently and daily daily experiences and things come up and and all of that kind of stuff and I think it's the internet thing I think again for me was like a like a massive thing I think my hair as well was a massive thing and this is very not a super superficial comment my hair is important it literally no but just very important yeah no like big like massively and I think as well in terms of coming like finding my mixed raceness I remember like my mum found really good hair products and then I think that uh, when I was like little and stuff and she'd like do my hair really well and it's all brilliant and glorious 
My mum just put like Tesame on my hair, and then no. I was like, again, I got to like eleven and be around in the town, and I'd see Sabina, which is like the black hair shop, and I'd be like, Yes, I know the place. Ooh, <laughs> still the these pretty colors yeah. that I'm gonna put in my I hair. wish I knew. I wish I knew what this what this particular like product was, but um, but I don't. But basically, it was discontinued, and then I remember, um, I remember I then found. Oh my gosh, what's the word? Like British curlies. I found oh, yeah. I found British curlies, and they have. That was the first recollection I think I have of, you know, the numbering system, like the, yeah, the, yeah, like yeah. the 3A, the 3B, and the yeah, 3C, yeah. and all of this, and then the four category. Yeah. And that was, I think, like a very, like, I say poignant, but kind of poignant in terms of my discovering that my hair sits between the, like, the, the, you know, the soft white hair and then coarse curly hair. Yeah. And I had a phone, like, I, you know, they, they're, they're really great, actually. You can call them. And um, I think my mum even, like, sort of got on the phone and she was like, oh, I think we, like, use this and da-da-da. Like, and they genuinely, like, advise you on yeah. the, like, the hair products that are best for your for your hair. But, um, but yeah, and that, I think that was, just in terms of this, like, God, that is very much attesting to the whole you know nerdy side of my personality and all of that You're but like right. the, number, the number the number the number thing and the and the you know it all being very much there on a, on a chart i was like oh my god well yeah that is literally it I, there, my I identity is like to be great <laughs> literally literally that. And i was like okay okay i, can, I, I do can think hair is so important Sorry, for mixed race girls because we have to do that it's an individual oh. you gotta do your parents cannot help you with that because no. my mum used to be on doing my hair and she would use John Frieda frizzies. That frizzies, oh, oh my gosh, that's it's terrible. It's terrible, the serum. And she'd put like, oh, it would be, it's purple, it was like this big, and like, yeah, she put so much on oh, it every yeah. every night to do, do like my this? hair, because she just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. I didn't know I had loads of curls until I was about 14. Mm. Yeah, because it like pulls your hair Pulls your hair down and straight, and basically straightens it. And just to make it more manageable, and my dad didn't do anything. And my mum, she, oh bless her, she would really try because she'd ask my black aunts, "What do I do with this? What do hair. I do?" It's and it's different. different. Oh my gosh, and my it's so black different. aunts, they'd be cooking with olive oil, put olive oil in their hands, put it in their hair. Yeah, my mum would try that with me and my sister, and it wouldn't wouldn't work. It was just too heavy for my hair, so it just didn't work. So my hair was like just frizzy and just down like this Ooh. until I was. So this is a funny thing now because. Because my air is Mediterranean, most Mediterranean people have very, very curly hair. Mm. So they're using loads of mousses and stuff. And then someone, oh I use someone's mousse. And then I, my hair was like, <laughs> like, came back to life. I was like, what the? <laughs> I did not know my hair could look like, I didn't know it could get big. I didn't know that. I thought my hair went like this. Mm. And then My God, I, I then had to go like on YouTube. Like I was, you know, this is when like YouTubers were brand new. So YouTubers were like, they started to come out when we were like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there would be mixed race girls and Latino girls and black girls doing hair tutorials. That's how I found about all my hair products mm-hmm. to go to, like what natural stuff to use was from YouTube. Like the internet was so important in my like self-discovery but um true though. yeah but and then from that like it, that's when i made me realize well, i'm not black actually because I, I don't i can't use the same stuff because mm. that stuff's heavy mm-hmm. and also you know me and my sister with the same parents we have entirely different oh, yeah, hair so. it is completely different hair like it's just it really is your own hair for mixed race girls is your own singular mm-hmm. like 
journey. Yeah. It's a re- and then once you find those products, oh, yeah. oh my days! <laughs> like size note, like, genuinely like but, spent like close to hundred pounds on like ordering stuff from America the other day because I've literally not. It's gone so expensive in this country. Yeah, it's like yeah. literally seventeen it pounds yeah, a bottle in, yeah. in over here, and I was like, what? And I was too like worried to order it, and then I ordered it the other day, and it came, and like I'm like, oh, it, yeah. and this is why like brown girls like talk about like that's what I'm saying when you see a mixed race girl like normally the one of the first things you do after what do you use in your hair what do you use in your hair yeah, you, you have do. to find your own little yeah you have to find your thing but also like my hair will change like every two months or something like that so something that's been like absolutely a godsend yeah. is now no longer works so I got five <laughs> so yeah. that yeah. is like yeah. excellent but no I would say for me like it's a bit of a different experience like mm. because I'd seen there's so many different ways to be black. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like... You've seen that. And I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. And I, I had been experiencing it and living it. So mm-hmm. mine was more... It was the discon- the discombobulation yeah. <laughs> yeah. came yeah. from being in um, predominantly now white community where the teachers are white, the people who are teaching me are white and telling me you are A, B, C, D. And I'm like, no, because I could be... EFG, HIV, like, do you know what I mean? I can be anything. And knowing that, like, black people can be anything. Anything. They can be nerdy. They can be, uh, yes, you can be very talented at basketball. But, yes, you could also be on the chess team. Like, knowing that there's just, it comes in all different shapes, all different sizes, all different shades. There's just many, many, many ways for you to be a black person so mine was more like i then was going to to college and then uni and it being okay so um black people can do this show this show and this show yeah and you're gonna have to do this this and this i distinctly remember a guy being like to me you're not like other black girls and not even in a like a well you know like other girls but just being like you're not really like other black girls are you I was like 13 at the time so it's things that were like just beyond me yeah. even comprehending yeah. kind of just being like no I'm not and so I guess I just don't really fit in but then again I'm even like I don't fit in but you keep calling me a black girl yeah. but you keep telling me I'm not like black girls but you keep yeah. calling me one yeah so what is it so it's like I'm so not one yeah. so you don't fit into either thing no. so it's like then well then what are you I had it I had a, a white guy ask me when I was a teenager if I, if I had a gun to my head and I had to pick between being white or being black. Uh, what would you pick? Huh? And I remember being like, I think I was like 16 or something. And I remember being like, I'm not, <laughs> I don't like, I don't, I'm not going to answer that. And um, he was like, well, come on, like, you have to pick, like, uh, like thinking it's not really that big a deal or it's not such a big question. But in my head, I'm like, what am I? <laughs> Side. Just like pick a side, and there was a, a white guy behind me who was older than him who had to be who, even though I was saying no, I don't know, I'm neither. And he, the he don't listen to the white guy behind me who, yeah. who was like, don't ask that, don't ask that. So that's really interesting because so I had like the reason I started this podcast is because I've lived in lots of different places. So you know, I was born in Australia, but I go back there now. I haven't lived there since I was twelve, so I go back there now, and they're like, where are you from? Yeah. And I don't quite understand the Australian culture and I never quite fit there. But then here people are like, Where are you from? Go to drum school, where are you from? Yeah. 
So even though I feel at home here, I know that I have, I'm not raised here. I literally only learned about regional accents throughout my school, <laughs> you know, and then at the same time, I grew up in Singapore and I like, uh, you know, experienced a lot of Singaporean culture, but I, I was the white girl at school. I was the, the token foreigner. So mm-hmm. it was that thing of like, well, if you don't fit anywhere, where do you fit? But you guys literally have your identity crisis your existence but it's also like physically evident so that must be really difficult because people are always so it's like for me the only indicators that I maybe am a bit confused about my identity are my accent Mm. yeah but so it takes a little bit of someone talking to me to them maybe pick that up but even then it's not that big a deal but you guys literally have someone it's like people are always forcing you to confront yeah. that same question. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I have, and especially move, like moving down here, I feel like I've, I've ex- ex- had that with with everything, namely my accent. So I go home mm-hmm. and like, all of my family and all of my people, all of the people that I know at home, they're like, well, you know, you're, you're so well-spoken. You, you speak, you know, you have such an RP accent. Da, 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 da. So I go home and I don't, feel particularly northern but then I come down here and I'm like I'm northern like through and through like you know yeah. especially going to drama school you know where regional accents are praised and people are like you know we're talking about regional dramas and and regional theatres and all of that kind of stuff so I'm down here but you know I'm sort of down here and people again they're, they're sort of like oh what like where's your accent and you know I'm and I'm and I'm not not particularly southern and then the whole situation where people are like you know where you know the the, the dual heritage thing as well and and I think as well in terms of um, in terms of having been fortunate enough to go to um, uh, the performing arts schools and, and to have gone to uh, drama school and um, private schools and stuff like that, again, again, not perpetuating the stereotype that which people throw at you mm-hmm. being a person of colour, I feel like I'm also sat in this whole, I, you know, I grew up very, very working class, etc, etc, but you know, one side, the one side of my family, uh, you know, have uh, a, you know, probably closer to middle class, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah, and and I've gone to private school and been around people that are from everywhere. So I feel like it's probably only recently that I've through through not wanting to be like label myself as as a thing like I'm you know being either northern or southern or one thing or another and it's that that I think is my identity and that that which is Mm. my tribe the fact that I can be from all of these places and have connection to all of these places but it doesn't it doesn't any less define me as a person and as a human because I have a mixture of everything, of yeah. so many different cultures, of so many different places, of so many different friends and people that I come into contact with on a daily basis that are just from everywhere. Yeah, it was nice for me to like go to my Uncle Delroy's for family parties and this is perpetuating Jamaican stereotype, but he's, this truly is a stereotype, but there are some. <laughs> like, <laughs> Uncle Delroy's got like dreads, smokes a lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> And like you know, have these amazing parties that are super loud and they go on all night and everything. Everyone's dancing and and you know everyone's talking over each other. I don't know if this is, is this a black thing. Yeah, this is a like black you thing. don't wait for the other person to finish. No, no, no. Just talk. <laughs> I don't think it's a black thing. I think it's like a because my Italian housemate does it as well. Big family though. Big family. 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 You don't 
it's fighting to be heard. Yeah, I do that. My family's sad too, Australians. It's just conversation. All of us are, all of us yeah. are going, yeah. and we're like, blah, blah, blah. and then you're picking up and you're like, no, yeah. there'll be like, the, like not eight people. Podcasting. Eight, 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 yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry to all of the listeners out there for <laughs> this. Eight people at a table, yeah. but like there'll be four different conversations going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I never go across like that. Easy. But, um, yeah, so do that. But you don't, when that's happening, I feel like I'm like intercepting someone's like wave I know, of energy. You, like, I love it because I'm like, oh, I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> then you, then you just jump in. You're like, ah, yes, yes you're that. Like, one second. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I would do that, and then I'd go and hang out with my English white cousins on my other side who live in Cuffley. Um, which is like just I think half like it's, oh, okay. maybe it's further than half yeah. just outside of of uh, like the outside of London, London which oh, I thought was the countryside for a really long time. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> Apparently, it's not. I still call it the country. There are sheep and stuff I mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I went to Essex the other day and I was like, it's the country. Yeah. 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 It's so I say it's the country, but they're all like, it's not, but whatever. And um, they are like <laughs> so really funny. white. <laughs> they are super super white um, and it is that funny thing of like going to a family party with them where it ends relatively early and stuff but like and then going to a um, a family party on my on the other side yeah. just I just think it's such a privilege to be from more than one culture oh and that yes you have to question things at a very very young age you have to start questioning lots of very personal things that of course you don't know about yourself but everyone's demanding you to know of these things about yourself that you get to do all this self-discovery and and um exploring way earlier than most people yeah. i know and yeah you get to be more like certain in your this is fuck you like this is me yeah. yes okay right sorry mm-hmm. i don't sound like the person that you want me to sound like yeah. Um, so I, I love it I love it yeah, in this race. and cultivating those opinions yeah. as well because you have to be you know you have to have an opinion whether people other people think it's right yeah. or not you know you have yeah. to have yeah. an opinion that justifies how you feel that is all we've got for today I hope you guys enjoyed these two episodes about dual heritage have been listening to Identify Yourself with me, Clancy Ryan, and guests Melissa Lowe, Esme Laudat, and Sienna Kelly. Music, as usual, is by Melissa Lowe. Now, please, 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 please rate, review, and subscribe. It helps other people find the podcast and tell your friends about it. Tell everyone about it. That would really help me. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.